You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay. And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. It's Thursday, March 4th. I'm Oscar Ramirez from the Daily Dive podcast in Los Angeles, and this is Reopening America. Some estimates say that we could face a shortage of doctors in the next decade. But right now, there are thousands of doctors that can't get a job. Medical schools are producing more graduates, but residency programs haven't kept up with matching doctors. Part of the problem is matching those who went to medical school abroad. Emma Goldberg, reporter at the New York Times, joins us for why many young doctors are in debt and unmatched with residency programs. Thanks for joining us, Emma. Thank you so much for having me on. We've been hearing a lot of stories about how in about 10 to 12 years time, we might be in for a doctor shortage. And right now, uh, the latest story that you wrote, Emma, is about how medical schools are producing more graduates, but the residency programs, that kind of final step before people can really start their careers, those programs haven't kept up. And there's a lot of unmatched doctors out there that can't do their residency. They can't really start working and a lot of this has to do with uh, maybe people that have gone to medical school outside of the country. Emma, tell us a little bit about what we're seeing with this. This is one of those stories that some doctors approached me wanting to tell me about their experiences with struggling to find work. And the more I learned about these individuals, the more I realized how systemic these problems they were confronting were. So I think the reality is that when people go into medical school, whether it's in the U.S. or abroad, they take on a lot of debt because they expect that after all the years of studying, they go through all the years of training, they'll be able to get pretty high paying work. So most students graduate from medical school, the average student with around $200,000 of debt. And that tends to work out if you can get through residency and then go on to becoming a full-on physician where you might make around $200,000 a year. So you can, you can pay off those loans. But if you aren't able to proceed down your training path and match into a residency and then get full-time work, then those loans become just more and more difficult to pay off as the years go on. Right. I mean, it can be very tough. As you mentioned, uh, the average is about $200,000 of debt. And a lot of these hospital residency programs use a software program. It's called the Electronic Residency Application Service. And what it does is it helps filter out applicants. 
and some of these people that run these residency programs have said, hey, when we're getting thousands of applications, we can't go through all of them. So we'll use these programs. But what happens, as you mentioned, a lot of times international students, they'll either get put to the bottom of the list, you know, they'll just get rejected. And therein lies one of the big problems. There's a couple of problems within that. One is that the residency program directors who I spoke with are getting sort of slammed. They're getting hundreds, even thousands of applications for just a handful of spots. And there is data that shows the number of residencies that each medical student is applying to has gone up in recent years. Some of the medical students I spoke to are applying to as many as 75 residencies, 150 residencies. So that is a real burden on the residency program directors who have to sift through all of those applications. The other challenge is that some students decide to apply to medical school abroad, and they can do that for all different reasons. Sometimes the schools abroad have a little bit less of a rigorous application process or a little bit less of a reliance on test scores. But the thing is that not all students applying to medical school realize is that there's a really wide range of schools abroad in terms of their quality and their rigor. So some are really excellent schools that will prepare you to match into American residencies. Others are not. We can see in data from the residency matching process that while around 94% of graduates from American medical schools tend to match, the number coming who match coming out of international schools can be far lower, more around 61% or even lower than that. So going to medical school abroad does not guarantee you a residency spot, and yet you're still taking on all that debt. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a really big consideration for a lot of people that are considering going to medical school, I mean, you have to factor that in, you know, if it's going to be so hard to get a residency after, it really might not be worth it. So you might want to stick with something here in the States. And then what do people do when they're in this situation now that they have their degree, basically, they just can't get a residency and, and get that career going? You mentioned in the article, you know, people feel like they're standing on the sidelines and they'll jump at any opportunity to get in the medical field. And in certain states, they offer assistant physician licenses for people who have completed their exams, haven't done residency. Obviously, it's a job, but it's a fraction of the money you'd be making if you were a full-on doctor. It can feel like the options are somewhat limited because no matter what kind of work you pursue, it's difficult to imagine making the money that's needed to pay back your medical school debt. And a lot of these people, particularly the ones who I spoke to, do simply want to use their medical and their clinical skills. They pass their exams. They want to be helpful, particularly when we're in the middle of a medical crisis like the COVID-19 crisis. I was really touched by a number of the unmatched doctors I spoke with who said they felt that they would do anything they could to help in the midst of the COVID-19 crisis. One said she had so little money in her bank account, she had defaulted on a loan, and yet the minute her stimulus check reached her bank account last spring. She booked a ticket to New York, and this was in April when the pandemic was really raging here in New York, and she showed up to volunteer at a hospital in Jamaica, Queens. So it was really inspiring to hear from these unmatched doctors that all they want is to help out, all they want is to put their clinical skills to use. One doctor who I spoke with who mentors a lot of these young people told me, she said she feels like these people want to help, but it's like there's a boulder in their path. They just don't know how to proceed. Is there any recourse for these people but to keep applying? There isn't a lot of other options. Um, There aren't a lot of other options open to them. The positive news in light of this story is that in December, actually, Congress did add 
another 1,000 new residency positions supported by Medicare that will be um, put into place over the next five years. There is also legislation that was introduced in 2019 by Senator Robert Menendez from New Jersey, which would increase the number of Medicare-supported residency positions by even more. It would be by 3,000 per year over a period of five years. So that hasn't yet received a vote, but it would create a significant number of new residency positions. I really do hope this is something we can figure out if these doctors are qualified and have gone through all of it. We should be able to help them get a residency because we need them. You know, we need them throughout the country. So hopefully this is something that can get worked on. Emma Goldberg, reporter at The New York Times. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this has been Reopening America. Don't forget that for today's big news stories, you can check me out on the Daily Dive podcast every Monday through Friday. So follow us on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.